0: What do you do if you think that God is angry with you? What do you do if you think that God is angry with you? There are times that... Things are happening in your life and you go, you know what? This just doesn't feel right. I don't know what's going on. God, are you upset with me? Are you unhappy with me? Are you angry with me right now, God? I mean, we just sang this song, right? The God of angel armies, he's always by my side. The, The God of heaven, he's a friend of mine. If that sovereign God is always by my side, is always friendly with me, then how come circumstances don't always feel favorable toward me? God. <laughs> that did throw me for just a second. We'll all try and regain our composure and then continue on. <laughs> it's not there yet. <laughs> Let's just look at the psalm. Psalm chapter 60. It says in the introduction to the choir master, according to Shushan Eduth, a miktam of David, for instruction, when he strove with... Aram Naharaam and Aram Zobah. And when Joab on his return struck down twelve thousand of Edom in the valley of Salt. Okay, so this is happening in uh second Samuel uh, chapter eight primarily, and you'll see all these battles, and it just says that David was just going out and he was defeating everybody. I mean, just the, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Syrians, the Edomites, you name them, he was winning. That's the context for this psalm. But it seems as though It wasn't all just winning, right? David had this great promise that the Lord was with him, that he was king, that he was going to be reigning over this area of Israel, and that none of these other kingdoms were going to be able to stand against him. And so he was going in, and he was winning, and he was expecting to win, because he had the God of armies on his side. And then suddenly, things changed a little bit. And for some reason, he didn't seem to be experiencing the same kinds of victory, the same levels of victory that he thought that he would. And so it says in verse one, Oh God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry. Oh, restore us. You've made the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair its breaches for it totters. You've made your people see hard times. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you, that they may flee to it from the bow. He he just launches in with this this lament, this this crying out to God, going, God, we, we, we were winning. We were expecting to win. Because You are on our side and then now, Lord, it feels like You have rejected us. You've rejected us. It's like the whole land is quaking. The whole earth is shaking. Like You've torn it open. Have you seen a a, a toddler, a small child get a birthday present? And they just... And it just explodes open as they rip the thing apart. That's the, the language here. That, it, that he's just torn it apart. You've torn it open. Repair its breaches because it totters. That look, Lord, you're you're tearing this apart, and if this continues, the whole thing's going to fall over. Have you been in those situations before where you feel like we're winning, right? We're, we're getting to where we need to go, we're doing the things that we need to do, everything seems to be working out, and then all of a sudden it just comes in from the side and just takes your legs right out from under you? And you're going, hold on, I, I thought this was, I thought this was it. I, we, we were coasting toward victory here and then just suddenly this thing from the side took our legs out from under us and it feels like we're going to fall over. David's crying out and saying, Lord, you, You've done this. You, you've made Your people see hard things. You've given us wine to drink that, that makes us stagger. Lord, you, you just kept pouring the wine and making us drink. This isn't a celebratory kind of drinking. This is a, everything is falling apart and we're drinking and we're, we're tottering and staggering and falling over. This is a mess. Everything has been made a mess. Oh God, verse one. You've rejected us. You've rejected us. God must be so angry if this is what's happening. What do we do in those circumstances? Now, there are some people who are going, oh, oh, but Travis, I know that the Bible says and God won't be angry with me. I I don't think that God ever would be angry with me because I'm one of his people. And so God doesn't get angry with his people. He gets angry with the sinners and the people that are over there. But now I'm one of his people. And so God's never angry with me. That's not what David was thinking. David was thinking, God, what have I done? What have I done? I find that there are two uh, kinds of people, there may be more than that, okay? but in general there are two kinds of people. There are the kinds of people that every time something goes wrong in their life, they're like, wow, I must have really done something to make God mad because I, I must really have done some sort of great sin that this would be happening in my life. And then there's the other kind of people that something bad happens and they're like, oh man, it's like Job all over again. I'm just like righteous and doing all of the right things that I can think to do, and and no God would never bring any evil against me. And I I think that the the first thing to recognize here is that when David experiences this hardship, when things aren't going his way anymore, his first thought is, God, I'm looking to you, and my first question is, did I do something wrong? Have we as a nation done something to anger you? I think it's a good place to start. Let's not be too quick to say, oh, God would never be angry with me. God gets angry sometimes. Legitimately angry Right, There are times that, that my football team, we're coming right up on the football season and I'm expecting that there are going to be games that they lose, games that maybe they should win or I think that they should win and they will still lose and I will be angry and that will not be a holy or righteous anger. It will be the expression of my sinful, frustrated heart. I'm repenting of it in advance, so it won't count when it's sin later, Right? <laughs> But there are other times when something happens, someone does something, they hurt someone that I love, or they do something to someone that I love, and I go, that is not okay. And my anger rises up because I am seeing this sinful behavior against someone that I love, and I say, that is not alright. Right? And my anger rises up. And there are times that God sees something, and though He is patient, though He is long suffering with us, He waits for a long time, there are times when He goes, that's enough! That's enough. No more. And in comes this thing. And David is experiencing this. It might be that the context for this is is chapter ten of Second Samuel, in which um, a friend of his, a, a, a nearby king, the king of the Ammonites, has died, and his son has taken over. And David says, "You know, he has always that that king's father always showed support to me, so I'm going to show support to him." I'm going to send him a gift in support because his father has died and because we were friends. And in 2 Samuel chapter 10, that king receives this gift and the advisors around him go, oh, that's bad news. Don't think, do not think that David is your friend. No, no, David's going to come in here and he's going to wipe us out. And so his response to this condolence gift from David is to amass an army and get a neighboring army to help him so that they can attack the Israelites together. I can see this kind of a psalm coming out of that situation. You've been defeating everybody, you've been winning, and now this king with whom you had been at peace dies and his son rises up and you express your condolences to him and he comes and attacks you and brings help. God, what's going on? I, I was doing the right thing. Are you, are you angry with us? Did we have some sin like Achan did where he stole the forbidden stuff and so then you were angry? Did, did we have some calf idol worship happening in the camp and so then you became angry with us? Why suddenly are we losing? Why suddenly is there this attack on us? But I want you to notice that as David's crying out, while he's even putting this out there, he's saying, you've been angry with us, oh, restore us. You've made the land to quake and have torn it open. Repair its breaches. You have given us wine to drink that makes it, made us stagger. But you set up a banner for those who fear you. That they may flee to it from the bow. God, even as this is coming, I expect that there is some deliverance here. There is some uh, promise of hope for us because you are with us and you are faithful. This is the thing that I think that people miss when they feel like God is angry with them. They go, oh no. I have done something and I have angered God and there is nothing I can do to make it right. It seems like a hopeless situation when God is angry with you. What are you going to do? How are you going to turn aside the wrath of God? He's angry. But David, David believes that even though God may be angry with him, there is yet hope. God, just as you have torn it open, would you restore it? Would you firm it up? Would you provide us with some deliverance, God? Would you come alongside us like we expect you to be here? Would you help us through this? See, David knows if there's something going on, if there's some sort of trouble, God is sovereign over that and God has brought it along. He doesn't necessarily know why he brought it along. Maybe it's because he's angry and maybe it's because God is disciplining us. Maybe it's because he's trying to test our faith. Maybe he's trying to humble us. We're not exactly sure what, but somehow I expect that even though God has brought this thing in, yet he will provide a way through. And so David is looking at this and saying, okay God, I'm seeing this. I don't know why you're angry, but it appears that you are. And I'm trusting that you will firm." It up and bring us through so that we will arrive at safety yet. I believe that there is a flag that on the battlefield, as we are here and as we are fighting, and as it seems that we are suddenly losing, we can look and we can turn and we can see that flag, that banner, and we can rally to the flag. We can run from the bows and the arrows and the swords. We can get away from all of the fighting where we are losing and we can all rally together. And God, at this point, You, our flag, our banner, our rallying point, we will come and we will gather around You. We will regroup and You will provide us deliverance. You set up a banner for those who fear You that they may flee to it from the bow. Why is this happening? I don't know. I don't know. But one of the verses that that provides me hope in times of adversity is Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. When things are going on in my life and it doesn't feel particularly good, I like to think God is disciplining me that I might learn from this. He's disciplining me so that I might rely on Him. He's disciplining me so that I might turn from my sin. And I pray, Lord, would you help me to learn this lesson quick? Because I'm not that happy with the discipline. But it says, don't despise the Lord's discipline. Don't despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. Because the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. That's a weird thought. These things that come in from the side and knock the legs out from under us. These adverse circumstances that come in and really cause us trouble. God does that because he loves you. I can tell that there are some of you that are going, what? What do you mean he does that because he loves you? God is loving. God is love. Doesn't that mean that everything should be Good and pleasant and wonderful because God is with us? Nope. Nope. God is trying to train us, teach us, lead us so that we might depend on Him and walk in holiness along with Him. And that takes discipline. And discipline isn't comfortable. And it isn't fun. And there are times when we deal with the discipline and we get tired of it. We get weary of it. And I find that the times that we get the most weary of it are the times that we're not listening to the discipline. We're not responding in humility to the discipline. We're responding defiantly, self-justifyingly. Trying to put us ourselves in the camp of Job who was who was tested, right? He was he had these things happen to him so that his faith might be proven. But we we to put ourselves right in that category right away. Wow, all this stuff is happening to us. The Lord must be testing my faith. No, not this time. This time the Lord really would like you to repent of that sin that you're testing of. Maybe you should do a little bit of self examination and see is there some sin in me that needs to be dealt with? Then there can be restoration. It's so hard when we come to somebody and you go, look, you really, this is not okay. Don't do this anymore. Don't do this anymore. There are going to be consequences if you continue on this way. This happens with children. This happens with employees. This happens with friends. Look, there are going to be consequences if you continue down this path. Hands on the hips. They just look at you and they start to defend themselves. No, I was in the right, and here's what I did, and here's what I did, and here's what I did, and here's what I did. did. Unrepentant? Unwilling to deal with it? And I can say that about them, right? It's easy to say that about whoever they are. But sometimes it's me. And sometimes it's you. where things are going on and we just are really self-justifying, self-righteous, and going, I'm fine. When what we should be doing is examining our lives and saying, God, would you remove this sin? That I can learn this lesson. That I can move on. God, if you're angry with me, If you're angry with me, would you restore me and firm me up, strengthen my faith, that I might follow you in obedience? And then after David speaks this, after he he puts out this prayer saying, God, it seems that you're angry with us. Please help. Then the psalm turns a little bit in verse 5 that your beloved ones may be delivered give salvation by your right hand and answer us. We we want to be delivered Lord it seems that you are angry with us and we want to be delivered and so would you respond to us. Give us salvation. That powerful, strong right hand just come in and snatch us out of this trouble. Defeat our enemies. Knock down our foes. Come through for us, Lord, and and provide for us. Save us. And answer us. Respond to us. And now it says in verse 6, And God has spoken in His holiness. With exultation, I will divide up Shechem and portion out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. Moab is my wash basin upon Edom. I cast my shoe over Philistia. I shout in triumph that 's weird when we 're not like you 're just reading your psalms right because you're you 're reading the psalms and you 're going along and you, you come up to this part and you Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my wash basin, and upon Edom I cast my shoe. Upon Edom I cast my shoe has got to be one of the weirdest lines in the Bible. And over Philistia I shout in triumph. What, what, he's, what David is reflecting on is that God has said, look, All of the nations are mine. This whole land is mine. I am sovereign here. I am sovereign here. And so he starts pointing out these various places within the land and near the land that is his land, his people's land. And he's saying, look, Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. I am the king of this land. I know you've been having these skirmishes. I know you've been doing these battles and I was providing you some victories. I know there's been some changes in that recently and it feels as though you're losing a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, I am God here. I am God here. I am God over Ephraim. I am God over Manasseh. I am God over Judah. Moabites? Moab? They're my wash basin. I'll just clean up over here when I'm done. Eat them? I'll toss them my shoes. When I get back from battle, they can carry those. And I will shout in triumph over Philistia. I am God. God. Now, if you are in a place where you feel like God is angry with you and you're crying out and saying, God, would you help me? Would you firm these things up? Because, God, it feels as though you were angry with me for God to go. I'm God. Doesn't at first seem so helpful. Yes, I know. That's why I'm asking the question. God, if You are sovereign over all these things, if You reign king over all the kings, then how come this stuff is happening? He says, because I'm God and I am sovereign. Because I'm God. I will do it the way that I will do it. And you will listen And you will trust Me? And you will not worry about these countries that seem as though they are getting the upper hand over you? Or who are coming out against you? You won't worry about them. Because I am God and they are nothing to Me. They're like My servants. Not My strong servants, My clean up and wash my shoes servants. I am God. If I want to sit down on the throne of Judah and put my foot up on the foothills of Edom, I will do that. Because I am God. And so then David follows this up. David, having first cried out, then having heard from the Lord, either promises given before or promises given now, he, he hears from the Lord and he remembers these things, and then he responds. Verse nine. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth with our. You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O oh, grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of men. With God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our foes. Here's David and he's going, look, I'm having this beef with Edom right now. E- Edom is this, um, this country just to the east of, of Israel at this time. The, these huge cliffs, very fortified walls, very difficult to conquer. And David's going, Um, God, how would I how would I take that over? Who will lead me into the fortified cities of Edom? Who's going to take me there? Have you not rejected us, O oh God? Have you not rejected us? Remember, he started off this whole thing by, by claiming, God, you have rejected us. You've broken down our defenses. Look, all of these things that have happened, it seems that you have rejected us because of all of these things that are happening to us right now. Now he's he's questioning it again, and he's he's sort of questioning, sort of making a statement, going, but God, it still seems like you've rejected us because here's my evidence, God. Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. See, God, if you were going forth with our armies, if you were going out with us, then we would be winning these battles. And yet it seems as though you're not doing that. So have you not actually rejected us? I remember the promises that you are God, that you are God over all of these countries and that we are your people. And so I have this conflict in my head that I feel like you people, but I feel like you're angry. I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but I, I bet that there are multiple of you in this room who have felt that way before. God, I feel like I'm your people, but I feel like you're angry. So are, are you going to go with us? Are you going to go with us? Have you not rejected us, O oh God? You do not go forth, O oh God, with our armies. Oh, grant us help against the foe. For vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our foes. Even if it feels as though God is angry with us, this has to be our response. You know what, God? It seems that we are losing right now. It seems like you might be angry with us, but the reason that I'm coming to you is because there's no other hope than you. It's in vain that I would trust in any other hope than you. And so I'm just coming to you, God, and I'm saying, if you're angry with us, can we learn this? Can we repent of this? Can you firm us up? Can you strengthen us? Will you go out with us again? Will you take care of our enemies? Will you grant us help against the foe? Because we have no other hope. Vain is the salvation of man. Vain is the salvation of man. But with God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our foes. This, this reminds me of Moses, right? Moses coming to, to God and going, Okay, God, um, we messed up real bad, God. Real bad. You know how you gave us that covenant? And those, all those commandments and how I was up on the mountain with you and we were talking about those commandments and all the things that we had to do. Well, God, um, I came down the mountain and there they were breaking the commandments. So, bad news, God. And God goes, yeah, I'm going to just wipe them out and we'll start all over. Moses goes, ah, about that. Maybe don't. Maybe don't just wipe them out and start all over. Maybe, maybe uh, we could find some other way. And he goes, okay, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and go. Just checking, God, you're going to go with us, right? No, just go ahead and go. No. If you're not going to go, God, I'm not going to go. If you don't go with us, we stay put. That's how this is going to work. That's what I feel like David is saying here, too. God, grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of men. With God we shall do valiantly. It is He who will tread down our foes. God, it feels like you have rejected us. And that's why we're losing right now. And so what I want to know, God, is have you actually rejected us or no? Because if you've rejected us, we don't want to go out and fight any more battles. That's a losing proposition. We will only go if you will go, God. That's the only way. These are my terms. You go, then we go. You don't go, we don't go. I want you to know that if it feels like God is angry with you, you can still trust His promises. Isn't that weird? It doesn't feel true right at the moment, right? It doesn't, when God is angry with you, you go, oh no, everything might be in jeopardy. Not everything is in jeopardy. Not everything got thrown up into the air because God is angry with you or because it feels like God is angry with you. God's promises are still sure. God has not changed. He may be disciplining you for a time, He may be correcting you. He may be humbling you. He may be teaching you dependence on Him. But God has not changed. God has not changed. He has always been angry with sin. And He has always desired that we would walk with Him in holiness. And there are times when we do anger God with our repeated continuance in sin and our unrepentant hearts. But as God's people, His promises still remain. And you can hope in those promises. I say this because I've talked to too many people that have gone, God could never love me after what I've done. God could never accept me. God could never go with me. God could never put up with me after what I've done. God's promises have not changed. In fact, though it feels true at times that God could not walk with us because of what we have done, we have hope because He has provided a Savior Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 6 says this, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the hope that we have. When it feels like God is angry with you. When it feels like There can be no other explanation for what's going on. God must be angry with me. We turn to this hope. And we say, God, I repent. And I believe that though You are angry with me, all of Your judgment, all of Your wrath was put on Jesus in my place. Because Jesus has borne my sin. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Even though all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's why in Colossians chapter 2 it says, And you, you the ones who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having, <clears throat> having forgiven us all our trespasses, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with all its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. When David is standing there and all the armies seem to be coming against him and they're losing, he can have hope that the God of armies is with him. When we are standing in that place where it feels like people are against us and everything seems to be turning against us somehow, we yet can have hope. God, even if you are angry with me, I have hope. I have hope. Because you have disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame. That's the same kind of language as I tossed my shoes onto Edom and used Moab as my wash basin. Right now, now he's talking in, in Colossians, he's talking about spiritual things. When you're feeling spiritually attacked and you feel like you're losing and you're going, this, the only way this could happen, God, is if you are angry with me. God says, I am God. I am God. I have disarmed the rulers and authorities and I have put them to open shame. I have canceled the debt. I have forgiven your trespasses. I've canceled the record of debt that stood against you with all of its reg- legal demands. I have set it aside. I have nailed it to the cross. It is gone. It is done. If you feel like God is angry with you, it's a great time for self-reflection and repentance. Repentance. But it's also a great time to say, God, even though it seems that you are angry with me, yet I trust in these promises that you have canceled the record of debt that stands against me by nailing it to the cross because of Jesus. We're going to pray now and the worship team is going to come back up and we're going to sing a couple more songs and we're going to praise Him that even though He may be angry with us for a time, His grace, His love will return and His promises stand sure. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to You, to You, our heavenly Father. Lord, we know that sometimes we do things that anger You. We know that sometimes it is necessary for you to discipline us. But God, we still trust you. We still trust that you are the God who loves us as a father who loves his children. We still trust that you will never leave us or forsake us. We trust that whatever You bring about in our lives will result in our good and Your glory. And so, Father, would You firm up our faith that we might not be shaken, that we might not grow weary, but that having been refined, we might walk in Your love with great holiness. And we ask for this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.